Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Welcome all of you watching online. Please stand with me if you would, please. Hold your, you got an extra hour of sleep and you're kind of moving slow, man. What's up? (laughs) Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the word of God and I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive and I will never be the same again. Never, 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 in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So glad that you've joined us today. Uh, began a series on time a couple of weeks ago. Kind of reversed how I was going to teach on time. I started with the end times. People have had a lot of questions about where are we uh, with regards to Christ's possible return. Uh, so I did that for a couple of weeks for those of you who have uh, not been here or missed out. But today, I'm going to go a little more practical on how our use of time now can affect our eternal time or the end of times. If you use your time building faith today, you'll have no worries about what time it is, whether it's the end times or maybe not. You won't worry because you have faith to know that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so uh, I'm going to talk today about investing time wisely. Um, So many things we do with time. We spend time. We waste time. We kill time. We invest time. And you have to ask yourself the question, how much of each one of those am I using? Uh, We all are given 86,400 seconds every day. You don't get any of it back. Whatever you don't do today, you go to tomorrow, and if you only use a portion of your time wisely today, the rest of it's waste. Uh, If God were to say, I'm going to give you $86,400, and at the end of the day, if you don't spend it all, which would not be a problem for many, if you don't spend it all, I'm taking it away, and you'll get another $86,400 tomorrow. Well, that'd be kind of exciting, and I would like that. Unfortunately, with time, we don't get any of it back. We do get another 86,400 seconds if tomorrow ever shows up. And so it's important for us to, to really ask the question, how beneficial uh, is time to me? How am I using that time? In uh, Ephesians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, See then, then uh, that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. In other words, circumspect means I'm not investigating, I'm I'm circumspectly looking into my life and and checking and evaluating and appraising my own life. You say, why is that important? Because so often we do appraisals of other people's lives and then we measure our life against our appraisal of their life, evaluating someone else versus evaluating ourselves. And the reason we do that is we oftentimes find people that we think are worse off than us, 
and that makes us feel better, and that's not a good use of time. That's a waste of time. He said, you need to look at yourself, and you need to measure yourself, and you need to measure your life, and you need to use time wisely in your life. I can't change your life. You can't change mine. Uh, So what I have to do is be circumspect as I live, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. Now, when Paul said redeeming the time, the word time in the Greek word there is kairos, which would be better translated as the word opportunity. Redeem every opportunity. Make sure that you know opportunity exists. Some people live their whole lives believing that they have been left out when it comes to opportunity. In other words, God hasn't done anything for you, opened any doors for you, opened any windows for you. And, and oftentimes, that, well, that's just not true. What we do is we miss the windows and the doors in our lives because we're looking at everybody else. And so I want to use my time understanding that if I am circumspect and I am appraising myself against the Word of God, against the will of God, then I can adjust the time usage I have to get closer to God. The Bible says if we draw near to Him, He will draw near to us. So I'll ask a few questions before I get started here. How many times do, throughout the week do we stop? Do we pray? Do we read the Bible? This is not a religious question. Please don't miss this. This is not about impressing God or making yourself feel better. This is about making yourself better. Not feel better, but making yourself better. Do I get up in the morning and give a few minutes to God Do throughout the day? And again, please don't feel condemned by this. I'm simply saying the greatest investment of time is involving God in every decision I make. And that often takes time. If you've ever been to uh, uh, anywhere buying something, the great sales pitch is, well, you got 30 minutes, this won't be on sale after that. This sale goes off tomorrow. If you come back tomorrow, you can't get this deal. Anytime somebody does that to me, I walk away. Because what I know is this, you may think the sale ends tomorrow, but I know God. And if the sale ends here tomorrow, there's another place I can get what you're offering me tomorrow. You see, the whole idea of, of getting people to do what a salesperson, and I'm not, listen, I, you may be in sales, I'm not mad at you, but the whole idea is to get somebody to do something you need them to do or want them to do that doesn't include the Lord. So if you look and say, you look, I'm not going to be pressured into making that decision right now. You see, God has a, a timeline for all of our lives. Matter of fact, he even had one for his son. In Galatians 4, 4, it says, In the fullness of time, God sent his son. And that word there is chronos. In in, in other words, a linear amount of time. It wasn't a divine moment, though it really was. So you had kairos and chronos, which chronology is the study of time. And so both of those connect in that one verse, that God throughout time, days and hours and minutes, is chronos. And God throughout history, that time had come, but it was also a divine moment, an appointed moment that God sent his only son. This means God will help you recoup, recover, regain, and retrieve lost time and opportunities. You say, man, that's a missed opportunity. It'll never come around again. If you let Jesus be involved, that opportunity will come again. It may not look the same, it may not come from the same person, the same direction, but God continues to open doors and windows. 
and that what we have to do is be sure to look for those open doors and open windows. And the way we do that is to include God all throughout the day in everything that we do. Now, that sounds like a real religious type activity. I've got to do this. No, you don't have to do this. You get to do this. And it goes on to say, here's why we redeem the time. Because the days are evil. Well, the Bible's thousands of years old. And, and the days were evil then. Really, what, what the word is saying is, as long as you have um, people that are obstinate toward God, that are surrendered to demonic influence, and people who are godly, there will always be this fight. Paul wrote to the church at Galatia, the flesh and the spirit always contend with each other. And the challenge is, unless we access the mind of Christ, we will do things our way. And most people don't live by logic, they live by emotion. In other words, how do I feel? I don't feel like going to church today. You're here. And some of you came, even though you didn't feel like it, and some of you are worshiping at Sofa Assembly. <laughs> or, if you don't believe in that, Bedside Baptist. Or if you want to go Episcopal, St. Mattress Cathedral. But I don't feel like it. I, 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 I'm not feeling it. How many times I'm not feeling it? Have you ever heard those words, I'm not feeling it? Well, sometimes you're not going to feel it. You don't feel like forgiving somebody. You don't feel like loving somebody. And yet the Bible says do it. So anytime we don't do what the Bible says do, it is called what I call a waste of time. An investment of time is loving someone who doesn't deserve it because that's what God did for you and me. I didn't deserve his love, but he said, I'm going to invest in them, and I'm going to invest love in them because love never fails. So it goes on to say, because the days are evil, how therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So it may not be specific to you, but the will of God is that you'd be blessed in the city and the country coming in and going out. That's the will of God. Understand what the will of God is. That though your enemies come at you from one direction, they flee in seven. That's the will of God. It's not my will that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. That's the will of God. You see, the will of God is the Word of God. You want to find the will of God? Read the Word of God. When you read the Word of God, you'll begin to figure out the will of God, and then maybe you'll start using your time rather than talking about someone, talking to God. Not that anybody at the 11 o'clock service would ever talk about anybody. I think there's some people at 9.30, but not 11. Y'all are here to talk to God and, and have an experience with God. Not talk, because it's a waste of time to try to fix somebody, to try to change somebody. So, but, but how can that be? It's a waste of time. Now, what you can do is love somebody. You can be honest with somebody. You can be supportive. You can be encouraging. But you cannot change them. That is a waste of time. Now, doesn't mean that you, you, you're always just, you know, patty cake, patty cake, but what it does mean is this, that it's very difficult to figure out what to do. Sometimes you have to walk away from somebody. That's going to help them get fixed. You walk away. Why? Because you're wasting your time. They are the same person 10 years ago t today than they were t as they were 10 years ago. And so what happens is we begin to try to think, I know this is going to get better. I'm not, listen, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not saying this is not about divorce, not about any of that. What this is about is realizing 
that it can be a waste of time if people refuse to surrender to God. Even Jesus said, if you go to a town, paraphrase, they don't listen, shake the dust off your feet and leave. And so we have what's called codependency in dysfunction in relationships that we think we're helping somebody when we're really not helping somebody. And, and so I've had these situations in my life. Codependency says that if things get calm between two people, one of them is a troublemaker, the other one's a fixer. Well, if the one who's a troublemaker is not creating any trouble, the fixer will create the trouble so they can fix the troublemaker. And if the troublemaker decides he or she wants attention, she'll create trouble so the fixer will come and help the troublemaker. A little sick. In reality, instead of saying, you know, I, I feel for you, I hear what you're saying, but I can't fix you. See, that's a good use of time. It's an investment of time. But when you continually are responding to inappropriate behavior, that is a waste of time. You can look and say, I love you at the same time. I don't have the time, and you don't want to use the time, and I can't invest the time because it's not going to reap anything because you're going to continue to behave the same way. That may be the turning point for them. So we have to be careful of how we use time. Time is, can be our friend. It can also be our enemy. Redeeming time also means trying to save time whenever possible so that no hour is ever wasted. Now, I'm not saying that we don't relax and have a good time. Matter of fact, some of the best use of time is when you back away from all the things going on in the world and sit. When I was going through a very, 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 very difficult time in my life, I would get up. I I was so depressed. I was trying to come out of this funk, and I would get up in the morning trying to get my relationship back right with God, and I, I would just start talking and praying. Now, I oftentimes hear people say, well, I would pray, but I don't know how to pray. Listen, talk to God like you would talk to somebody you like. (laughs) You know, God's real. God's not like, I can't believe they just said that. Listen, God is not caught off guard, and God is not shocked by anything that we say. And so I was sitting, I'd get up at 3 a.m., I couldn't sleep, I was just, and I'd start talking. And finally, very kindly, now I have this very unique relationship with God. Some of you will relate to this. Uh, God doesn't speak King James language to me. And, and oftentimes, God's pretty straightforward with me. And so I, he wasn't audible, but I'm, I'm talking, God, I'm so sorry, blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, I hear these words, why don't you be quiet and let me do the talking? Because then I thought, well, that wouldn't be praying. And I thought, yeah, that's praying. God is talking to me. Prayer is communication. And so one of the things to do to invest time wisely is set aside time to say, God, I'm going to give you 15 minutes this morning. Whatever it might, I'm give you five minutes. I'm giving you five minutes. And you say, well, that's, that's really not enough. See, that's like trying to define normal. People say, well, they're not normal. I've not seen anybody normal yet because I don't know what normal is. Somehow we've we've been able to think we can define normal. Well, they're different than me. I'm normal. No, they may be normal. You may be crazy. It depends on who you ask. 
You see what I'm saying? So we, we, we use the word normal. I don't even use it anymore because I don't know what normal is. I know that we're all different. God made us different. We approach life differently. And uh, now I, 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 I want to say this. I want to say, you know, I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want to follow his word. And, and that may be abnormal to a lot of people. And it may not even look like other people that follow him in a different way. But I do know this. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by him. And that, 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 that to me is the one common ground, the one normal thing that Christians have in common. Other than that, we dress differently. We look differently. Those who still have hair comb differently. <laughs> I'm in between. Man, I'm on both sides of that fence. But So how do we do this? We do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. It's very, very important. It means remembering that we only have one life to live and that soon it will be over and only th- those things that we have done for Christ will last forever. So it's very important that we understand that only the things we do last forever. It'd be like a woman getting pregnant and so excited that you're pregnant and uh, I- I'm going to throw out my little spiel. Guys, if, if you're young and your wife is pregnant, we're not pregnant. She is. I love that new line that came out with these generations after, we're pregnant. Any guy who says that, well, no, bro, bro. If men had to give birth, we would already, there'd be no society. It would already be over. No, no, we're not pregnant. She's pregnant. She's hurting. She's gaining weight, her ankles are swelling, and she's getting ready to push a watermelon through a straw. <laughs> You're not, and I'm not. It takes full nine months. I don't know why it takes nine months. God could have said, You're pregnant, pop it out, we're done. We don't know. But I know this. You can't get in a hurry. You can't speed up time. It's unhealthy. And sometimes we try to speed up time instead of find a, finding the timing of God and say, God, I'm okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with this. And sometimes it's discipline. Sometimes it's diligence, whatever it might be, that causes us to say, this is it. There are bizarre things that happen. I remember the story of Smith Wigglesworth, uh, if any of you are readers, many years ago. He was a plumber. He was a big guy, didn't love God, didn't know God. I've told this story numerous times. Always touches me because his wife was a little saint. She, she loved God. She went to church every time the church doors were open. And Smith got tired of her always going to church. But she said, this is my good use of time. As a matter of fact, I believe the only reason the outcome was what it was is because of her going to church. And finally, he got so tired of it that he told her, he said, if you go to church on Sunday night, he said, when you come home, you're not going to be able to get in the house. She said, well, I'm going to church. It's the way I'm going to use my time. So she went to church, came home. Sure enough, door was locked. Smith was knocked out of sleep, woke up the next morning and realized his wife wasn't there. Went down the stairs real quick and went to the front door, and there she was laying on the welcome mat. She heard the door open. She jumped up and said, what do you want for breakfast? Now, I would like to know the great-great-granddaughter of that woman, because I don't know one woman. She'd be, uh, that would, she'd get out of the house. I got it. I've already called a VPO on you. Get gone. No, this woman said, what do you want for breakfast? Guess what happened? Smith gave his life to Jesus and became one of the greatest voices of his day.
What I'm saying is she did not cater to codependency. She said, I love Jesus. I'm going to church, and this is going to be how it's going to work. And it did because she was committed to investing her time in the Lord Jesus Christ and worshiping him. You see, today what we do is we shop churches like we shop for clothes. And for some reason, we have this idea that the church is for me. No, the church is for God. It's for us to come and honor God every Sunday, to glorify the Lord, to worship him. But we shop like, well, they don't have this and they don't have that. Please get this. If you'll be where God wants you to be, that opportune place where that divine window, sometimes you might be in the wrong church and, and, and you miss where you're supposed to be because you're mad at the pastor or the songs or the sound levels or whatever it might be. We miss the whole purpose of church. It's not so that we can come in here and go, oh, everything just suits me so fancy. We have to say, God, where do you want me to spend my time? How do you want me to use my time? How do you want me to invest my time? I certainly don't want to waste my time. I spent many years wasting time, missing opportunities. I wrote this during that dark hour I was talking about. It's a poem I entitled Father Time. I don't know if any of you have heard that phrase and Mother Nature and Father Time and all these crazy things that we've come up with. But I named this Father Time because I was going through a really tough time. I said, for years I was busy trying to make these precious hours productive. But time suffered as I acted like its master. Treated as a slave, time is only destructive. Now with nothing to do but think and to heal from my abuse of hour after hour, I realize that my remaining minutes on earth must be submitted to a higher power. I can now see that time should be treated as a gift from God above. Therefore, it must be respected as something or someone that we love. I have discovered in recent months that time is a friend that may not speak. However, it seems to be the most constant ally to those of us who are weak. We may complain that time is not on our side. However, at no point in my life has it ever tried to run and hide. I've wasted time, spent time, even kill time throughout my life's quest, yet it lingers in lazy fashion and beckons me to enjoy a good night's rest. Time has been like a trainer in my corner as I have fought this good fight. He has never failed to encourage me every day and even in my darkest night. Fairy tales are cute with their stories and rhyme, but there could be some truth in one of their stories that God is Father Time. And... If so, I make a pledge to my heavenly Father that my use of future time will be no bother. I commit to honor time in my every endeavor, knowing that my use of it will affect my forever. You see, everything that we do today affects the end of time. The things, the choices we make, and, and we can certainly go to heaven, but the Bible talks about the rewards that God brings to us when we get to heaven. And how we use that time here on earth will affect the eternity that we spend to some degree. At least we'll be in heaven. But I want to use time to glorify God. Every question that we ask, every, we should ask every day is, God, how is this calendar of my day affecting my life, my relationship with you, and the things that you want to do for me? How are those things being affected, God? What can I do to better utilize the time that you've given me? Because we oftentimes are looking at everybody else instead of our own time. 
And that's all that we have. We can't adjust somebody else's time. We can't tell them whether they're investing it or using it. Or, and I believe there's recreational time. There's rest time. There's, there's all kinds of different ways to use time in our lives. And I just think that sometimes we get to a place where we're convinced that we can do what we want, when we want, how we want, where we want. And some of us, when we were young, and some of you will remember this and some of you won't, and some of you young people need to get this. Church, over the years, has become an option, not a priority. Matter of fact, my mother never asked me once as a kid, do you want to go to church? It was, you're getting up and you're going to church. It was a priority. In today's world, it's no longer a priority. And so you say, well, is that bad? I think, I think setting a day aside, and the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourself together as you see the day drawing near. In other words, coming to a house of worship and, and, and getting, putting yourself in a place, that is the, one of the best investments of time you're ever going to make. And so those of you watching online, I'm not mad at you, but I need to tell you, you cannot serve from your sofa. You can't. Listen to this. Jesus, one of the, the, the key verses in the Bible that Jesus said these words, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. People say, what can I do to be more like Jesus? Serve. What else? Love. These are things that we can do to be more like Jesus. And, and using time to do those things will bring a return like never before. It's almost like if you invest time you're going to reap more time than you need. Whatever you sow, you reap. And so when you sow into worshiping God, when you sow into serving God, when you sow into serving others, when you sow into loving others, you begin to reap things. And matter of fact, you'll find yourself going, I, I seem like I have more time. You really don't, but you're no longer just wasting time. You're investing time. And that time, somehow God seems to expand it and, and I don't know how that works, but I know that it works. When I start my day out with God, it's like by the end of the day, I'm going, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. But when I get up and my, I start doing my flesh stuff without including God, it's almost like the rest of my day is a rush. And so some of you, you're tired. How many of you are, I'm just tired all the time. You ever hear those words? Some of you go, yeah, I said it this morning. Tired all the time. I believe the reason we're tired all the time is because when we operate by the flesh and not use the Spirit of God, I believe we do get exhausted. But the Spirit of God brings life. The Spirit of God brings energy. The Spirit of God changes things in us. And if we will allow the Spirit of God place in our lives, He'll do great things in our lives. A friend of mine wrote these words in a worship song, and it's been many years ago. It says, sometimes there are people that reach for God just because he's close to something they want. We must come to the place where we reach for him just because it's him. We pray desperation prayers. We, we wait until we're at a point of, of disaster, of, of depression, whatever it might be, but we can prevent those things by investing time ahead of time, and whenever things get difficult, we have something to draw from. But when we feel desperate, we're not at our best, and so we need to be sure that we are investing time, and this is where I say there are five intelligence factors. I'll only get to one of them today, which is mental intelligence. Realizing 
what we need to do. That means we have a capacity for learning. Mental intelligence. We have access, Paul said, to the mind of Christ. In other words, his ways may be higher than ours. Our thoughts, his thoughts may be higher than ours. But New Testament, Paul says we have the mind of Christ. We have the ability to tap in to the wisdom of heaven if we will give God a time. If we will stop and say, God, before I do anything, I want you to give me some sort of direction as to what to do in this particular situation. It's not a challenge to think outside the box, which is what we often tell, but think outside the box. No, think within the word, not outside the box. Think within the word, not outside the box. This becomes the challenge because if we are in the word, the word gets in us And now all of a sudden, whenever I find myself at a crossroads, I have access to the Word of God. Our adversity quotient is important to our mental intelligence. So we have IQ, AQ. Oftentimes we rely on intelligence quotient, and we are intelligent because we have learned. A friend of mine, when he's asked what he does for a living, and he's very successful, he says these words. People say, what do you do for a living? He says, I'm a learner. They said, no, no, what do you do for a living? I'm a learner. I get up every day and I learn. Every day I learn. So if I were to ask you, see, this is how you invest time, by learning. I learn every day. I'm constantly a wordsmith. I'm constantly looking for words that will help me in the future. And my wife every now and then gets on me. I said, look, words are powerful. The words we speak are powerful. Life and death. And you can tell yourself a story and you can actually lie to yourself because with God, nothing's impossible. And yet we say things like, well, that's just impossible. That'll never happen. What you're saying is, God, I don't believe you're the God of the impossible. You say, well, I don't mean that. I don't mean that. Then why did you say that? Why did you say that? And instead of next time you start talking about someone, Stop and say, I'm going to start talking to God instead of start talking about somebody else. And the reason we talk about other people without realizing it is we don't feel good about ourselves. So if I can talk about them, I can feel better about me. Sure gets quiet when I preach this sermon. I love it. People get mad at me because I just usually don't let people talk about stuff. I'd be a horrible counselor. I just say, well, don't talk about it that way. I can save you a lot of money. I can give you a five-minute counseling session just saying, well, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go out of here and say, you know what? I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. No weapon formed against me will prosper. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am fearfully and wonderfully made, made in the image and likeness of God. Uh, Any tongue that rises up against me will be refuted. No weapon formed against me will prosper. I could save a whole bunch of money for counselors. I mean, I could just save people going to, and I'm not against counselors at all. I've gone through it. I love it. I love the interaction. But the reality is this. It's all about changing the way you think, and you'll change the way you talk. If you want to make an investment in your life and spend time wisely, you need to write things down. You need to have things written down that you can go to in a time of crisis, difficulty, or depression. Listen, I have been extremely depressed. I deviated, and that's how come I I began going, okay, I know how this works. I know what I need to do with my life. I know how I need to use my time, and I'm going to use my time wisely. 
I'm going to know what the will of the Lord is, and I know his will for me is really, 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 really good. Because the Bible says the willing and obedient shall eat the good of the land. I just know i got to be willing and obedient. And if I'm willing and obedient, I'm going to have things that are going to irritate people who want what I have. I don't mean to be tacky, but here's the reality. When somebody gets what we want, we don't usually go, hey, could you tell me how you did that? You go, I can't believe they got that. I'm better than them. They're just dumb, and they don't do anything. I know. It's funny how we know more about other people than we do ourselves. Yeah, it is confusing. I get it. But the reality is that, that we need to take ourselves, put ourselves in the position to say, God, I'm never going to make another decision without including you. That's a good investment of time. The Bible says in Galatians 4.4 that in the fullness of time, God has sent his son. You say, well, maybe, here's the way I look at things. It's not my time yet for some of the things I'm wanting, but I'm going to have them. It's just not time. That really irritates people. Well, how long have you been believing? Ten years. Well, aren't you going to give up? No. Why? Because I know that I know that I know what God's going to do. You say, well, how do you know that? Because he said in his word, and guess what? If I die and it doesn't happen, who are you going to jab? You'll make fun of me? I'm in heaven. <laughs> You're the one that's going to be suffering. I told you God wouldn't do it. I'm in heaven. Who cares? You see what I'm saying? We care so much about what other people think. We dress according to the, how they want us to dress. We work where they want us to work. We act the way they want us to act. We say what they want us to say. All because we want them to like us. That is a waste of time. Some of you all dress the way you dress because your mama told you you look good that way. I love mamas, but one of the things I learned going through my dark time was I wasn't near as good as my mama said I was. <laughs> and some of you go, I was. Liar, liar, pants on fire. No, because your mama said, oh, you're so wonderful. You're so cute. You're so sweet. Well, why can't I get a date? Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> but I realized that she was building me up. And that was a good thing. Some of you didn't have even that. You were told how bad you were. But here's my point. You believed it. You've spent time your whole life believing what somebody else told you. You don't know who you are. You are who they said you were. And that's why there's conflict in your soul because you don't know who you are. See, I know who I am, and it took me way too long to figure that out. And you know what? I wanted to be who I needed to be so that you would like me. Now I don't care anymore. I'm, I like me. And you say, oh, look at him. He's so egotistical. No, you know why I like me? Because God is crazy about me. He's crazy about you. It doesn't matter if somebody else validates that or not. If somebody comes up and says, you're a jerk, say, well, you need to talk to my daddy because he doesn't think so. You see, we waste time thinking about what somebody, I tell you right now, some of you go to bed tonight and somebody said something to you today and you can't get it off your mind, you can't sleep, you're thinking about it, it's wasting time, it's robbing you of sleep when you lay down. I look at this every now and then I look and I go, God, you promised to give sweet sleep to those you love and you love me. 
You see what I'm saying? It seems so practical, so simple, but the reality is we are, we are so driven by what other people say and how we feel that we don't think logically. And all I have to do is go to the Word. He said He'd never leave me, never forsake me. He'd meet every need I have according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And then somebody told you growing up, I grew up in this, and, and, and we grew up in a very lower middle-class neighborhood, and, and I remember the little church I went to, the pastor was bivocational, he didn't have time to study, and did the best he could, and he gave his life, but I remember hearing these words, money's the root of all evil. Well, we didn't have to worry about that, because we didn't have any. So we're like, we were all holy and righteous. You know, we went to the church that had no money. And we were all prideful about having no money. And then one day I read the Bible and it says the love of money. And I went, praise the Lord, let's get some. <laughs> and then that drove religious people crazy. I'm like, what? Well, but, but, but that's what the Bible says. It's the love of money. God said, I want, if you give, I'll give back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. And you're going, no, no, God, I'm all righteous and holy. And broke. So we spend time on, on myths. Listen to this. I don't know how many of you ever heard these words. Hey, you can't swim for an hour after you eat. So you've got to wait an hour. Like what, am I going to drown because I added an extra pound to my body? Oh, I heard that my whole life. Well, you can't go back in the pool after, until 30 minutes to an hour after you eat. You're going to drown. See, you see what I'm saying? We have these thoughts in our head. So uh, then they say high heart rate leads to female fetuses. Who in the world came up? I mean, we got heartbeats. Oh, the woman's heart beats faster, that little fetus. <laughs> Breaking a mirror will earn, uh, earn a person seven years of bad luck. Some of y'all need to go break a mirror and just test it. But see, we, we listen to stuff like that. We get fearful. Our mind goes there. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Friday the 13th. People still believe Friday the 13th is some special demonic holiday. I love Friday the 13th. I wish we had them every month. <laughs> some of yours. Oh, my gosh. I broke a mirror, and it's Friday the 13th. Oh, and this one, a black cat crossing in front of your car. Not in front of mine. <laughs> Meow. We've all heard these things, have we not? These are things we think about. It's amazing to me that we even give any attention to them. That's what I call a waste of time. You're giving your time to these myths, these things that people say, I, I can't even, don't swallow gum or it will stay in your stomach for seven years. These are all things that have been said. They're there. Then my mama used to say, don't cross your eyes. They'll get stuck. <laughs> well, as a kid, it was fun crossing your eyes. I mean, it was just a fun thing we did. And I, they're both there today. <laughs> and some of you go, I did, and they're still that way. <laughs> God bless you. You just ruined my whole sermon. What I'm saying is this. It doesn't say we have the emotions of Christ. It says we have the mind of Christ. Everything Jesus did was thought through. Everything Jesus did was according to the plan of God.
And if I could help any of you today, put a tool in your toolbox. Just take a week and write down what you do throughout the day. You'll be surprised at the end of the week. You go, I I don't remember getting mad. Well, your spouse will, and they will remind you. But you'll say, I don't remember that. And you know why you don't remember that? Because we have selective memory. We put away things that we know are hurtful and act like they didn't happen. But if you write these things down, and, and you, you, I, I have a ledger I write in every day. I want to remember the things that, on that day, what helped me, what didn't help me. What caused me to feel a certain way, what caused me to behave a certain way. And I know this is way crazy in church that you're, you're this is like a college course of, look, I, living a Christian life is not just floating and having, having the Holy Spirit do everything. We have the Holy Spirit to help, help our mind, help our responses, help our reactions. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. He doesn't just do everything. It's not like, uh, you know, one day he picks you and the next day he picks somebody else and there are a group of people that he favors one day and another group he doesn't. This is how this works. No, we get to choose. We have the power of choice. And every day we have to get up and choose. I thought when I got saved, God would just take care of everything. I, I just thought it was going to be okay. And then I realized the word discipline is the root word of disciple. So to be a disciple, I had to find discipline. And, and part of the discipline for me is going to church, always has been. I don't just come because I'm a preacher. I, can't, I, I went to church before I ever preached. I, that was a part of my life's agenda, my plan. And the Bible is very strict on this and very simple. I wish people could grasp this and go, I need to be in church. Folks, listen, some of you have already determined you're not coming next week. And then there are about a third of you out there that you'll be here next week because you're listening to this. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, we, we never ask the question, are we going to church? I mean, everybody takes a break, vacations, I get that. But on a regular basis, we determined, we did a study one time, that a third of the congregation that was here this week would not be here next week, and another third that wasn't here this week would be here next week. We really tried to map it as close as we could. This was years ago. I said, I'm really interested in seeing what happens in this rotation. And what I'm saying this for is, you ask yourself the question, is there a Kairos moment awaiting me? I had a Kairos moment January 3rd of 2016. That Kairos moment was a time when God addressed me and told me to come back to Oklahoma City and start a church. It's a Kairos moment. And that you can have those moments, but I was sitting in a church three quarters of the way up, stage left, and I'm having this conversation, not audible, with God. And that's why I'm here. It was a Kairos moment. Now, would I have had that moment if I'd have been on, at the beach, at the golf course? Probably not. I put myself in a place. I invested the time. And God brought the reward of me getting to stand back up and preach. The moments await us. We're awaiting the moment God's saying, the moment's waiting on you. There are moments for you. Will you give me time to show you opportunity? Will you give me time to open a window? Will you give me a place to open a door? Will you do that? But we are so busy 
I mean so busy today with, with Facebook and Instagram and all of these things, and I'm not opposed to those, but when we become a prisoner of those, a slave to those, where we're giving more time to those than we would ever give to God, it's not that we don't love God and God doesn't love us, but we're not putting ourselves in a place to have that divine moment that could change everything. I challenge you to begin during this series on time. Just take time. Even if it's, you know, what did I do in the morning? What did I do in the afternoon? What did I do in the evening? What did I do? And then if you look at that and you map that, you can, you can know what you might reap. It's, it's very simple to do. You can go, I know at the end of the day, these are the things I did and I had a good day. Guess what? When you find out you had good days doing these things, you'll want to do those things more and more because you realize at the end of the day, it brought fruit in your life. Very simple. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for um, giving us your time, your patience, and the fullness of time sending your son. God, I pray that you would settle our souls. Settle our souls, God. Help us to be still and know that you're God, to cease striving and know that you're God, investing time in our relationship with you, which will bear fruit in our relationship with others. With every head bowed, every eye closed, we always pray a prayer at the end of every service for you to know Jesus. So I want to ask all of you to pray this with me. Say, Father God, thank you so much for loving me so much that you gave your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer watching online, I want to ask you to text the word SAVED. Please don't miss this. Text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310. Right there on the screen, 405-500-1310. Text the word SAVED, and it will take you to be able to fill out information. You say, why is that important? Because our prayer team prays for you throughout the week. And so we want to pray with you and pray for you. If you're in-house, we want to ask you to do that, but also meet with one of our prayer team members and say, hey, today I gave my life to Jesus. Would you be praying for me? They're not going to ask you a bunch of questions. They don't get weird. It's just you making that step to say, God, I'm putting myself in a place for you to do something awesome in my life, and I'm letting people know I am a Christian. And don't be ashamed of that, okay? This time, I want to receive our tithes and offerings. Um, for those of you that have never given, there's a, uh, a card in the seat back in front of you that gives you all the ways you can give, starting with giving by text. Text to give, 405-546-2226. Just text the word give to that number, 405-546-2226. Just text that and it will walk you through how to set it up and give by text. You can also go to our website, mosaicokc.church forward slash give. You can give on your way out or you can mail it to 5821 Northwest Expressway, 73132 right here in Oklahoma City. So please, please take advantage of this. If the QR code does not work, text it to 405-546-2226. It all works the same. It'll take you to the same location. If this is your first time here, uh, we have a gift for you at the Welcome Kiosk. Please stop by and get it. Also, those of you that call this church home, we have these cards. They're invite cards. You can invite people to church without having to lead them to the Lord. Uh, <laughs> some people say, used to say you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Yeah, but you can put salt in its oats. 
This is the salt in the oats right here, baby. You can say, why don't you come to my church? Just salt it up a little bit and, and invite them to church. Very important. Take this home with you. Uh, you can use it throughout the week to access the church. If you want to receive my Wednesday night phone call, which is about a minute and a half to two minutes, two-minute limit, and uh, it's just an inspirational call. Uh, that you will receive, and you can save it, you can send it to voicemail, you can answer it, whatever you want to do, but it will help give you a boost in the middle of the week. So text the word CALL to 405-500-1310. And even more important, I think, is serving. Uh, you know, like I said, Jesus didn't say, I, I came to be served. He said, I came to serve. And if you're not serving, you're missing out on an opportunity to get to know people and help people. So if you want to serve, you can text the word SERVE to that same number, 405-500-1310. Please make that happen. It will change your life. That is an investment of time. You're investing in other people that Jesus gave his life for. This time, I'm going to ask our prayer team members to come to the left of the stage. If you need prayer for any reason, please visit them. If you are used to taking communion, we have communion to my left as well. They'll serve you, or you can just go take it with your spouse, your family, whatever you want to do. You can receive communion every Sunday. We encourage you to take advantage of that. Let's stand to our feet. Uh, we are going to go out with a shout of hallelujah on three. Because that's just what we do, all right? One, two, three, hallelujah. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.